Thought Bubble Audio. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, welcome to Academy Geeks, where three geeks don't geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, are two hosts, because we have combined shows this evening. One of them is my friend and host of Academy Rewind, Palmer. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. I'm doing very well. And we also have my co-host from our other pod- one of our other podcasts, Beer with Geeks, Frank. How are you today? Hey, I am doing pretty, pretty great. It is great to be here with you guys today. It is very nice for all of us to be here together. So this yeah. is the podcast where now three geeks uh, take a look back at the Oscars from yesterday. Um, from years <laughs> past. Um, we are going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be talking about the 2018 Academy Awards. Uh, this will be released simultaneously on the Academy Rewind feed and then a little bit later on uh, for the Beer with Geeks feed. Um, and so if you're a dual listener... I'm sorry, or you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna bra- we're gonna get right we're gonna get right into it. Um, unless anybody's drinking a beer, I'm nope. not. Nope. I've got oh, one. Frank. Yeah, Frank is. All right. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> I, all right. I have a Newburyport Brewing Company Greenhead IPA. Ooh. And it is Ooh. a delicious, delicious beer. I opened one yesterday, and uh, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it quite a bit. So, yeah, it's a local brewery from Newburyport, Massachusetts. Um, great little brewery with great beers. So Greenhead cool. IPA, good stuff. Cool. All right, great. All right. Um, that's that's wonderful. Uh, I'm drinking uh, tea because I have a cold. I'm drinking water. All because right. Because you're a human being. Good. Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna talk about the 2018 Best Picture nominations and then all the other stuff and and then the other movies that all the other categories that went along with yeah. that went along. Um. With the Oscars, but to run down, the Best Picture noms were Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Get Out, The Post, Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird, and The Shape of Water, which of course won Best Picture. You forgot Greatest Showman. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> you know who did? The Academy. The Academy? I literally, yeah. <laughs> literally nobody forgot it. it. They did it on purpose Aww. because they hate you. You're just kicking him while you know, he's down now, Tim. You're too, because you're too critical of their past movies, and they mm. heard it, well, and they were like, nope, spo- not happening. Spoiler, there's one movie this year that I'm going to be very critical of. Um, oh, it better not be Shape of Water, because <laughs> you, you'll you'll be along with what other some people were saying about the Academy I, yeah, this I year. Yeah, I saw that this morning, and I was like, I was like, really? I didn't realize Shape of Water was that divisive. Um, Are you kidding? Yeah, I, no, I would not. Think, I would think so. Yeah, when people ask me if I had seen it bef- before it won, even I said yes, and I loved it. But it's not for everybody, right? This is not. It's not a crowd pleasing movie. It's a very strange. It's a very strange movie. I mean, it isn't. It isn't. It's actually yeah. fairly straightforward. But it's Beauty and the Beast without the Beast turning back into a man. Right. Yes. Sort of. Um, yes. Yeah, no, I I see what you're saying. I didn't realize, but I didn't realize it was that divisive. I mean, I also heard three billboards is divisive. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call three billboards divisive. I don't think it was. I don't. Th- it had the potential to be, um, 
but b- because I think just the subject of like police brutality is a divisive subject. Uh, sure. But I think that uh, sleeping with the fishes uh, was a little more was a little more divisive and people were like, what? Like, I think there there came a point in uh, Shape of Water for a lot of people, myself included, to a certain degree, uh, although I didn't hate it. But there was a, a point where people were sort of like, yeah, that might be a little bit too much for me. That, ooh, yeah, that's oh. happening now. That's too much for me. Okay. But you all got that she's a fish goddess, right? Actually, you got you all got that, wait, right? Wait, wait. Like she's not a but human. Before we we can discuss that in a minute. My question is spoilers for all these movies. Right. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. My, my question is so we said like this is kind of Beauty and the Beast esque. Yeah. So is the difference here like it's only implied she sleeps with the beast and you actually see her sleep with the fish? I don't think it's ever implied that she sleeps with the beast. Yeah, I don't think it's implied she sleeps with the beast. I think it's in the a fairy original. Tale. Not the Disney version. Oh, sure. I'm sure, talking sure. about the regular. Okay. Sure, but but ultimately, he's still just a human being that is transformed who just, who and then happens tur- to have a lot of fur and then turns back. Yeah. Right, he's a bison that turns back <laughs> right. into that turns back buffalo into man. a buffalo man. Yeah, that turns back into a human. But um, but she she has gills. That's the whole thing where like she needs to be in the water and then like she seeks sexual pleasure in the water and then that she has those marks on her head. So then when she goes in the water, she is like of his people. They're the same species. Uh, really? I, that's, that was my reading movie? on it. He, the whole movie. No, no, she, I don't she think she has he, those marks on her. She has those marks on her. Right, neck, but the he whole turns movie. them into gills. Yeah, just like he de-aged. Um, yeah, mm, I'm with Palmer. Why would she? So she just happens to have three gill slit marks on her neck on each it's, side of her neck. It's called a fairy tale for a reason. No, I. She's of like she's. Uh, that's why. She, why she doesn't speak. You know, she can't oh, because I, she. You know, I very much disagree with you on this, Tim. I very strongly. I'm. I'm very, very much with Palmer, and very. I must. I have to very strongly disagree with you. I don't think she had gills the whole time. I really don't. No, she. I swear she did because when I saw, when I saw the film. I I saw the marks on the side of her neck, and she's like, "Oh, she's a fish person." I get it. I I, I think maybe you were you were because you're you're good at at sort of projecting what's going to happen. I think that you were like seeing seeing where it was going, but I don't think it was there yet. I, I, no, really I swear don't. to God, it was there. Look, we know how I get. Look, we we've been in this situation before, <laughs> all three of us. When I don't think I'm right. I'll pretend that I'm right, but but I also like you're doing now. But when I'm also right, I'm right, and then you all have to concede that I'm right. Uh, well, I guess so. we all just have to agree to disagree because I really don't. I'm, I've, unless like someone who worked on the film says that that's what it was, I'm not going to believe that. Because <laughs> I'm I'm, sa- I'm not saying that they like they like opened and closed. They weren't like flaps that opened and closed like real like gills. they do at the end. But they like they do at the end. But she's never been in that situation to like to have them open in the context of the film. Yeah, but like at the end he he places his hand on her throat to make them to make them open. Yeah, he like heals her. He like turns her into one of him. But I don't think she was to begin with. She was just a human who was mute. Was my read who, on it. Who had predetermined gill marks on no, her neck. I don't think the they were gill film. marks. They were scars from something else, from some kind of abuse that we don't that we don't know what it is. Yeah, this this movie kind of brushes over a couple things like her past i don't think it's important yeah to i don't the think film. it's important yeah yeah all right i'll give you the abuse thing and i'll like i because they, they talk about that in the film that's 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 part of that's part of the story um but i still think that she was 
there's something this she's not just a regular human that's my that's my go-to okay um but nobody really is in this movie like i was i was thinking about this when i was rewatching it last night that everybody has a piece of them in this movie that doesn't make them ordinary for the 1950s right yeah um, but even then, like Octavia Spencer's character, I thought I thought a little bit more like her thing is like her marriage isn't really great. Mm. Sure. Yep. Um, and then you have Richard Jenkins character who's in the closet. Mm-hmm. You have her who's a mute. You have um, Michael Shannon's wife who loves soap a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a that's not on the same level, uh, it, but I understand fetish. I understand what you mean. But the point of the three of them, they're all three of them are like individual. They're individual characters that form one cohesive character right. yeah. together. You know, yeah, she's sure. the mute. He's gay. She's black, and they all kind of form together this you know mis this mistreated this mistreated group yeah. that takes care of another mistreated figure. Yeah, that's in right. a different movie, like. Um, Michael Shannon's character is the hero of the story. He's like he's the man that works for the government that comes in and saves everybody from the monster. Like, in a, I'm talking like old school fifties, like right. And that's what Del Toro did, where he made the monster the hero. Right. Well, right. I, I wouldn't even necessarily call the amphibian man the hero necessarily. I think Sally Jenkins is the hero. Well, sure. Of the story. But I get I get what you're saying. Like he flipped yeah. the script. Where yeah. the traditionally, you know, the all-American guy, like, you know, who, like, served his country in the military and now is, you know, still serving his country in a new way, uh, who who should be in, in that 50s, 60s sense, would be the hero of a movie coming out back then in the right. time period it's covering. He's the bad guy. And this monster or whatever is the is maybe not the hero of the film, but a good guy, a protagonist. Right. Because yeah. the whole film is about, like, they're all... The 50s was like about pushing itself towards the future, right? You know, like where, you know, where we have all this new technology and this right. new way of thinking and we're post-war and we're good, we're, we're in the good economy and we're doing all these great new things. And then you have this old world god show up and they don't know how to handle it. Right. Right. Yeah. So which is why he he's rebelling. He's he, he it is the the fish man is everything that Michael Shannon fights against Mm -hmm. um but we as a progressive culture now look at it and say oh no you know the monster is the good thing you know and but i think in another time in another in another you know decades ago i would curious what the read of this movie would be yeah one criticism i have of this movie and i want to get i want to get both wasn't long enough i agree i could have watched (laughs) this movie forever no i think it clocks in right where it should yeah um but the design of the creature. Oh, interesting. And I understand that I understand the design is very intentional. But doesn't it look a little too Abe Sapien? Um, I think so. I think it does look a little Abe Sapien from Hellboy, which is also a, Mignol- a Del Toro, a, a Del Toro in, film. Um, is it Doug Jones? Doug Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um, but having actually just rewatched the second Hellboy last week, mm-hmm. there's apart from them both being fishmen, there's not a terrible. You could say that Doug Jones also, I mean, um, Abe Sapien also looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon, right? Which is what he's going for, right? Like that's it's, it's all that's in his... it's all in the same yeah. it's all in the same vein. So 
I the the difference the the detail in the makeup of the amphibian man in Shape of Water versus Hellboy is extraordinary. Like yeah. it's almost Ape Sapien and Hellboy almost looks like like a costume that we put together by <laughs> by standards now. It's it's crazy how far it's come. Well, I was going to say the Hellboy 1 was what 15 years ago? 2004, is, I think, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I yeah, I know he's been plugging it on his social media about the anniversary coming up. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, the, um, the makeup itself is, it, that in itself is extraordinary. Um, although it's interesting that it was considered a costume in the, uh, the, uh, by the Academy. Did you all notice that? I don't, was his outfit considered a costume? His outfit is considered a costume and not makeup. That's interesting. I guess that does make Which sense. I, I mean, it's like, a I mean, a full body prosthetic, right? Yeah. Right. But so was but so was Churchill's stuff is still a big prosthetic. I would say it's a little different though. And a fat suit. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's certainly different. I mean, we don't we, I'd love to see Darkest Hour where he looks like a giant fish man. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was interesting. It took me by surprise when I was watching. Yeah. I was watching the clips of everything. It only took Doug Jones two and a half hours to get into that suit, which is unheard of for that's that why, much makeup. See, that's why it's not actually considered makeup. Because it didn't take... Because it, it didn't take the entire day. It didn't take 14 hours right. to put on. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. So, did you like the movie? Uh, yeah. So, but that's that's Best Picture, and arguably he deserves Best Director for for that picture. We can agree with Those that. Those things usually award. go together. Right. It also won music and set design. Um, do you... Do you agree with these decisions? I like the music of it. Um, When I was rewatching Dunkirk this week, there's a thing that kind of took me by surprise, and I didn't think of it the first time around. If you listen to the music of Dunkirk, it sounds like one piece of music. Probably because it is one piece of music. It might be. It it could very well be, but I think I I like Dunkirk a little bit more because... It just feels like one entire piece and not several pieces that essentially are in this one album. Mm, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think Hans Zimmer is in his weird like, I'm just going to create sounds instead of instead of a melody place. And that to me just doesn't doesn't add to the film. And um, like music should bring a scene to a place that you wouldn't expect it to go to. I think it depends on the film. Um, because I'll agree with you, like his stuff in Dark Knight at times felt like just a cacophony of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel it really works in Dunkirk, even at the very beginning when he's running and the music is mimicking the footsteps running. Sure. Um, Frank, that's known as Mickey Mousing. Yay. <laughs> Frank took a film. I class. did. I, I took a film music <laughs> class specifically, actually. Uh, but you know, I I I I think Shape of Water deserved deserved uh, to win uh, for best original score uh, of the of the films in that category that I did see. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see all of them, but uh, of the ones that I did see, I very much felt that it did the most to elevate the story and elevate the film. Uh, so for me, that it was deserving. You know, Alexandre Duplat was was deserving of of winning for that. 
Yeah, I I agree. Um, and then on to and then it won set design and then it won set design as well. Which and, yeah, n- nothing in a Del Toro film is accidental. No. Like the the wallpaper on Sally um, Sally Hawkins uh, wall look like fish scales. There the, there's a great the Japanese great wave on the other side, but it's all you know it's all covered up by like decaying paint mm-hmm. and everything like that. You know, you almost have like the um, the two different the two different sides of the apartment conjoined by one window, right? You have all of the stuff that everything is exactly laid out the way that he everything is always tied together, no matter what. That's that's Del Toro at his best. He did it with Crimson Peak and didn't get. I don't think he got the credit that he deserved. No, because it was more of a genre film. Yeah, didn't get the credit that he deserved. So I'm glad that some like they're recognizing that here. Um, oh yeah, the this movie looks gorgeous. This you know, especially for the time period that it takes place in, it feels like it, it looks like it. And if you pause almost any part of this film, there's so many things that you can draw your eye to. But when you're just watching it at full speed, mm-hmm. you know, it it looks like a mix between real life and a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. It's perfect. Um, all right, let's let's move out of Shape of Water. Um, let's talk about Lady Bird. Didn't win anything. How do we feel about that? It's a bummer. It's a real bummer. I think especially especially this year with with so the tone of conversation and everything. Um, it is kind of a bummer that that you know uh, this was like kind of if you wanted a sort of underdog story or you know sort of the 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 come from behind uh, story of of a, a director like Greta Gerwig, um, you know, be, being the only female nominee in that category and everything um, would be for, for best director and, and so forth would be really cool. But I think it was like in another year, I think it really should have won but this was a pretty good year i think we can all agree there were a lot of really great mm-hmm. films so it was it was tough because as much as i would like to see her win um sort of on principle it, it you know i think that some of the other films probably deserved it more i agree with that as as nice as it would be to i don't i wouldn't want anybody handing her the award and then people going oh well it only won because this is what they were talking about at the oscars this year yeah. Right. You don't want to f- feed that fire and like let somebody, you know, because then because then it like diminishes. You know, she'll di- have won right. the award, but people it'll be sort of sullied by right. the skeptics and the haters, um, you know, saying that she didn't really deserve it. The funny thing was, as I was reading Twitter last night, um, I noticed. Although I I wanted to ask, but I didn't want to know the answer. Um, it sounds like some of the some of the people that we follow that listen to the show felt Del Toro got the award as sort of past achievement i mean you could say that about a lot of and directors the oscars that does have awards. a i was gonna say the the oscars have a track record with doing that um i'm i really championed lady bird to get nominated i championed it to get nominated. and they listened because it was nominated right. um i championed for her to get uh in a nominee for best director Best picture for me was a little bit of a stretch, although I did enjoy the movie a lot more the second time around. Mm. Um, and writing, obviously. Um, but I don't think it's good enough to win in anything except Best Actress. Because I feel this movie hinges on Academy Rewind favorite, Saoirse Ronan. You did it! Yeah! You, you did, did it! it. Hey! 
Tim, tell him what he's won. <laughs> You've won a jet ski. <laughs> a jet ski. <laughs> Did you steal it off of the guy from? I stole. Did you it? it off of the Phantom Thread? Guy? I stole it off of the costume designer from Phantom <laughs> Thread. Thirty-six seconds. Very impressive. Yep. Very impressive. Um, I feel the movie really hinges on her performance more so than almost anybody else in this category. In the best actress, in the category. best actress category, that's that's um, interesting. And I really wish she she would have won it. I mean, she I think she's very good in the film, but I don't think she's. It's not best act. It's not best actress. Like, yeah, see, the, I think the, it is. the the I don't think the the I I don't think it's her. It's the the range that the character has to go through the the arc the character brings for uh, it starts with and then ends with mm-hmm. i don't i don't think that i don't think that not that she's not given enough to do but that she is she's not allowed to stretch the way that social ronan could stretch and that who who won best actress i can't francis mcdormand francis oh, yeah. mcdormand um yeah she was just she was so good and i yeah i I can't help but have given it to Francis McDormand. Like I, there so, was there was no other contender to, for me. I, I feel the same way. As soon as I saw Three Billboards and saw her performance, I just like it seemed obvious that she was the winner. You know, I loved Meryl Streep in the Post as well. You know, I'm always yep, sort of she was very in Meryl's good. corner, but this wasn't really her breakout performance and and you know she's won 25 other Oscars or whatever right. she's fine. Um, I thought Francis McDormand really. She was she was captivating and like when she when I saw that performance I knew that was gonna be the winner. So I don't have a huge problem with giving it to Francis McDormand. I feel the acting in that movie is stellar. I thought Woody Harrelson was really good. I thought um Sam, Sam Rockwell, Rockwell was great. I think he deserved I think he I think when we walked out I even said like Sam Rockwell should get it. And he and, was oh he was so good too. And while I really like Francis McDormand, I think the I think the the biggest problem is I feel like Sam Rockwell just steals the movie. Oh, I don't think so. I think he does. And because of that, I think it she kind of gets kicked to the back burner. And that's where I think Sir Sir Ronan kind of stands out. She her and Laurie Metcalf kind of really pull that movie through that and otherwise could be a much drier movie than it turns out to be. Mm. That's it. I mean, actually I wanted Laurie Metcalf to to win. She was my for best supporting. She was my she was she is who I wanted. Yeah. So I mean um, who Allison Janney won. Who was who was who was, she was always okay. good. She's always good, but I Tanya, she was she was fine. I don't think she was fine. I think she was her consistent Alice and Janney self. I don't think the film, I don't think I, Tanya, let her be as good as she could yeah. be. Um, I th- oh, that's interesting. I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I think it starts with her being really good. In, but I hmm. think, but Palmer and I talked about this off air that the, the tone of the sh- the tone of that film shifts from kind of this like absurdist dark comedy into basically a regular movie. It muddles uh, itself, and so I and so I think it lo- I think it loses part of its charm by doing that, and then so Alice and Janney then isn't 
given like the birth that she deserves yeah. to 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 have made the mother like really shine. So, but that's 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 me, and like I'm happy that Alice and Janie won something because she's great in everything. Yeah, uh, but you know, like sometimes you just sometimes people win for roles that are not their best or the movie's not the best, but you're glad that they have something. Like actually Leonardo DiCaprio is a great example of that from when the, he Revenant. Won, the Revenant. Like that's not his best role. It's no. not his best character. It's not his best movie. It was it's just a the good one movie and decided he's good. to give it to him. It's the one where they decided to give it to him. Right. Uh, and, and and I'll be honest, I kind of feel like I, I know you guys both loved Sam Rockwell's performance here, and I am Sam Rockwell fan number one, but I don't think this was his greatest performance. I think this is just the one where they gave it to mm. him. But I think that it was not his. I don't think it was good. It was a very good performance, a very strong performance. But compared to his body of work, I think something like Moon deserved it, you know, more. Sure, but and Moon where, not where being nominated sort of, at all. Like you, yeah. exactly, exactly. So I feel like because this was his year, like to get a nomination. I don't know if this was the Academy's thinking or not, but it's it feels to me like he was given this because you know what he's overdue anyway. This is his shot. Let's give him this one, especially because compared maybe compared to the other actors in the in the pool, he seemed to be the most deserving uh, uh, out of out of this bunch. Mm. Uh, I I see your argument. For me, Sam Rockwell in this movie is so plays such a detestable guy to me that while I didn't care about his overall like kind of redeeming story arc Mm -hmm. that they kind of went for at the end. I just felt for me to walk out of that theater hating that character the way I did. Sam Rockwell did a really good job at at pulling off how bad he was. Maybe he doesn't pull off the redeeming aspect, but I think that's more of a fault on the screenwriting than the actor. And I don't think he's supposed to be completely redeemed at at the end of the film either he even said like if this is the real world they'd probably both be in jail like that's just you know that's that's the reality of it but i think you know the movie itself doesn't the story doesn't really end the film ends but the story doesn't so we don't really see in some ways the real completion of his redemption you see his you see the middle of like he's getting there you know he or he's he's close but he still has some places to go same with her um in her own story Hmm. let's move on call me by your name one best adapted screenplay i didn't read the book so i can't comment on how well it was adapted i think the movie is not for me it, like I didn't connect with it. It wasn't. I think it was well acted. I thought they were both um, Timothy Charlemagne and and Army Hammer were extremely naturalistic. They felt like very genuine, real people to me. It's just not there. But his story is not one that I connect with. So I and I finished the film going, okay, that was fine. That was good. Like I get why people like it, but it's not for me. So do you remember what you? told me after you watched this uh that you would hate it right so i watched it and i watched it first to get it out of the way yep i don't hate this movie i don't understand why everybody loves it um because to me the biggest issue with this movie is like there's no tension for me there's no there's no problem like everyone's in favor of them um, being together i would say there's tension with his uh kind of girlfriend you know like 
you know, what does he do with that, blah, blah, blah. So there is some tension, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. There's no MacGuffin. Yeah. It's not really a tension. There's no MacGuffin. Um, but I think that the, I think that it's beautifully shot, but I mean, I think it's hard to screw up Italy in some ways. Which, <laughs> which for some reason I had in my mind that this movie was supposed to take place in Florida. So oh, that's the Florida project. When they, I realized that afterwards, <laughs> but like when they started talking Italian, I'm like, why are they talking Italian in Florida? What is this movie that I'm watching? Interesting. Interesting. Frank, what did you think about Call Me By Your Name? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, my perspective is that it's, look, I'm a straight white dude, right? It, it wasn't for me, but I still exactly. appreciate what it what it represents to people f- for whom it was for. Exactly. So I, I in some I, I wish we had like a third perspective here. I'm not going to elaborate on it too much. I think you guys kind of captured it. It wasn't for us, um, but I can still appreciate and see why it means so much to so many people for whom it is for who feel represented by it. Um, I think representation really matters. And and I think it's important that you know, we we remember like, OK, you know what? This wasn't for me. That's fine. It was still a good movie. I see how good it was. I see what was. Oh, you know, the I see why it won best adapted screenplay uh, and all that. But it wasn't for me. And that, and that's that's all I have to say about it. Really. I have a friend that saw it four times in theaters. Loved it. Like and, yeah. so, and it was meant it was meant for him. Right. And, that, and that's great. And so I'm glad that I'm glad that it's there. Yeah. And you can't connect with everything. No. Um, speaking about a, a film that. The Academy didn't connect with the post also didn't win anything. Yeah. Um, It was just, (laughs) it was just, it was a movie that was there. I mean, it was only nominated twice. Best picture and Meryl Streep. Right. Which I believe is just a thing that happens when Spielberg or Meryl Streep are in a movie. (laughs) They automatically, like they pencil it in. Um, I mean, my, my thing though, it, it, I, I thought the post was very good, and I thought in another year, I think I said this about Lady Bird too, another year, this would have won pretty easily, probably. Um, but it was it was very, I thought it was very good. I really enjoyed it. I thought that the story um, of the the Meryl Streep character, whose name I'm blanking on right now, but um, I, I thought that the, the story was pretty resonant in the current Catherine Graham. Um, the Catherine Graham story of of this woman who, and especially if you uh, look into her, read read up on her actual story, um, it, it was absolutely true that she didn't really, she didn't really. In fact, they didn't really put this across completely in the film, but she didn't know what she was doing. I mean, she inherited this. She she came came from a time when you know women were seen and not heard, and 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 that kind of thing, and they didn't have opinions, and they certainly didn't run major companies that went public or anything like that. They weren't. Women weren't generally, you know, business people. So, so Catherine Graham in the Post was uh, a, a a a feminist icon and and a pioneer. Um, and so, I, I think that's very important. And in another year, this film would have been sort of this triumph of the human spirit type of thing. Uh, but again, the 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 field, uh, the the crop of films that it was up against. Uh, Spielberg and Streep and Hanks, uh, you know, notwithstanding, um, there were better films than this. Even though I very much enjoyed it, there were better films. I totally agree. And I think this is one of Spielberg's better films in a number of years. In recent Um, years, yeah, for sure. Better than Lincoln. Better, yeah, because they're all, all his films are fine, but he's, but we've talked about this on the show before, like, I think on both shows, like, he has, he's been coasting. 
since yeah. Minority Report. He has, yeah, been. maybe. And so I, this one, this one felt almost Spielberg fresh to me. Um, yes, yeah, see, I, and, I, agree, and, I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. Yes. And I know some people didn't time. agree with that, right? Yeah, like I, I still feel he's coasting on this movie. Like it's, it's okay. Like I came out very underwhelmed, and I was kind of looking forward to it. I've seen, like, I've seen a better movie that takes place at a newspaper. It's called The Paper. <laughs> and I've seen better Meryl Streep movies. So, like, everything that wants me to like this movie. But not a better Tom Hanks movie? Uh, big was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, everything that's drawn to make me like this movie, I've seen better parts of it. Sure. Okay. Mm. I can. I actually. I understand that. Even Spotlight is a better newspaper movie than than this one is. I agree with that too. Yeah. Um. But but at the end of the day, I mean, it's still it's still a good movie. But I I guess everybody in the Academy also recognized the same thing that we're talking about right now. Like it was great. It was it was really good. But it's just this is the. It felt like one of the like oh it. It was nominated because we have to do nine now because people flipped out that we didn't nominate The Dark Knight. So here we are with your nine films. Okay, not everyone's going <laughs> well, to win. They can go the up end. to ten, but we can go up to ten. They can go up to ten nominees. Yeah. So right, and so here we are. Okay, so let's go into Get Out. Um, one best original screenplay, first black screenwriter to win an Academy Award. Yep, and for an original screenplay, and mm-hmm. much well deserved. I think so. I, I agree. I, I agree. Now, un- controversial opinion. Here we go. I'm going to say it. Do not make me beat you with this. Mic. I'm going to say it. I didn't see Get Out in theaters. Oh, I saw it at home on my own a year after it had come out. Right in preparing, I just had missed it. Like we didn't see it. None of us. We, I didn't see it in the theater with you. And then that was it. I got busy, and then I never got around to seeing it. So I heard for a year how it was. The greatest thing in the world. And it was. And so by the time I saw it, it had that lingering, this is the greatest thing in the world over it. And so it wasn't the greatest thing in the world to me. And I'm not, it was really well made. And it had some, for a first time director, it had some startlingly, startlingly, start, it had some surprisingly. There you go. Original <laughs> image. It has a surprisingly original imagery. Um, you know, stuff with like the teacup and then the floating space and like it was like it was really well thought out and I liked it. It was really well acted. I just don't think it was the greatest thing in the entire world. Um, I still think out of this lineup or out of the lineup of original screenplays, I think it deserved it. Yeah. So I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with. I don't disagree with the outcome. I just. I am just stating for those who maybe also feel the same way that it wasn't if you if you didn't see it at the zeitgeisty moment, it's kind of almost like Game of Thrones or whatever that or like Harry Potter or whatever. If you're if you're not with it in that moment yeah. with the surge, then it's not everything that it is. I think this movie um, really begs you to watch it with an audience. I saw it in the theaters opening weekend. And, you know, I loved it. And even rewatching it, I still really liked it. But there's watching the movie for the first time with an audience that doesn't know what's happening and knows all the tropes of a typical horror movie Mm -hmm. and and hearing just like the gasps and an audience reaction that you don't typically get in a theater really pushes this movie 
over the finish line for me. Hmm. So the fact that you were robbed of that experience. Yeah. And I mean, that's your life incomplete movies. Go ahead, Frank. I I agree with Palmer. I I think there's a couple of things here. I think that it is very important to see it with an audience. Actually, I think that that was a big part of what made it so enjoyable for me. I also saw it. I think it was opening weekend very early on in its run anyway. And, and I thought that, you know, so my point is there are big crowds still at the point. It was still full theaters. And that, uh, did bring a lot to the experience, but I think that there's a lot for me again, uh, you know, straight white guy here. Um, it made me think about my, for lack of a better term, privilege and the way that I look at the world and how that's not how everybody looks at the world and how important it is for me to remember that mm-hmm. in my daily relationships with everyone with people of all colors and and creeds and everything else um because the way that it it paints you know the family even when they're acting quote unquote normal he's like oh you know i would have voted obama for a third time if i if i could have like why is that the first thing you say when you meet a black person like that you would have voted for the black president you know like that that belies a a a kind of subtle racism even if it's like well-meaning racism it's still kind of racist that your first thought is oh hey you're black let me tell you i have a black friend or i voted for the black president like there is something there and it made me think about oh shoot what are things that i do that are like that i bet there are unconscious things that i do well-meaning without realizing it and it really made me think and and then it put me in the place of and i think it very much is trying to do this imagine you live like imagine Put yourself in someone else's shoes where that is your entire world and people are always sort of patronizing to you and talking down to you and condescending to you in that way, thinking that they're being your buddy and your ally, but they're really being condescending. It mm-hmm. made me look at myself in that way. It made me think about the world in a completely different way. Um, even things like where 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 they were at the party and uh, uh, the 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 young the, the guy who actually yells get out who's wearing like the you know like the straw hat and everything. Um He's like this hyper sexualized Adonis figure for this older white woman. Even that sort of, you know, way way that this that sort of stereotype being brought to the fore was very interesting to me. Um, I thought there were a lot of moments like that that I think are easily missed, and, and that that I think are very important. And again, it just made me think of the world in a different in a different lens. Well, I'm glad that you said that because one, you said it very well. It was very articulated. Good for you. Um, but, uh, but also, I think a, a film that wins wins best writing, best best screen, um, best original, best adapted, best film. It should challenge you to rethink the way. That's what good mm. art does. Yeah. It challenges yeah. you to rethink the way that you think about the world. You know, and hopefully, it challenges you to think about it in a better way. So, I think. On that basis alone, Get Out deserves to win. Because, say, something like Three Billboards, which I thought was an excellent screenplay, doesn't necessarily challenge you the way that Get Out did. Yeah. Uh, in a subtler way, the way you described, like, oh, I would have voted for Obama a third time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is what that is what propels the film. But you're right. I don't think the the reaction that I had watching it alone was the same that people would have in an audience. But yeah. I can say that almost about any movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to horror and comedy. If yeah. Those, those genres just, you need to watch them with groups. I was, yeah, uh, I, I think that's, I think that's valid. I was telling Tim the other day when I was rewatching it for the podcast that 
in my head, the only person that I find in Get Out who's very like outwardly racist is the brother. Right. And my yeah. reasoning for this is like his his whole thing about uh jujitsu being the best fight fighting style because it's in the mind. Meaning even if I get even if I get my mind put into a black body because they believe the the African American person is structurally and physically superior. He's like, I'm still going to have my white mind, mm. and that's what makes me better. See, that's that, that's a that's a really good insight. And if I had thought about that more, maybe I would arrive there. But I hadn't. I hadn't. I hadn't really. I hadn't processed that the same way. That's a really interesting insight too. Like um, and and I agree with you. Like a lot of a lot of Bradley Whiteford, uh, Bradley Whitford's um, dialogue is very like. You know, I I can see through the lens of how he is in the movie. Like, yeah, that that kind of does sound racist. Or why would you say that? You know, when you first meet when you first meet him, like my man, my man, and I'm yeah. like, yeah. And, and I'm the like, thing is, we all know guys like that. Oh, definitely. Or we you've all done, know people like that. Or you've accidentally done it. Or, like, or that, right? And you're not thinking, but like, like it's one of those things. Like, you don't mean it to be racist. But how does it come across? Exactly. Exactly. That's that's what made me, to Tim's point, made me like challenge my own perception and my own thoughts about myself. Yeah. Now, um, after I gave that big defense of Get Out, I kind of am sad the Big Sick didn't win in this category. I thought that you would be um, because it, you like that film quite a bit. I love um, that film. I love Kumail Nanjiani for, I have for many years, and I love that it's the true story that he and Emily went through. Um, and and this movie has so much heart and so much... Uh, like, they poured years of their life into it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm such a big fan of Emily's and of Kumail's that I know, like, everything about the movie at this point. And I know, that, like, how much of it is true and how much of it is exaggerated and so forth. So, you know, I, I feel very emotionally invested in it more than I do with Get Out. So maybe that's coloring it a little bit as well. I think that's a good point. I don't think that The Big Sick is a challenging film. Like, it doesn't challenge you the way that Get Out does. Ooh, see, I, I disagree a little. Maybe maybe not to the same extent. I'll grant you not to the same extent. But not I do to think the, Certainly is, not to the same extent. Not to the same extent. No, I, I agree with you there. But I do think it's a challenging film because I think that it it shows it shows this, you know, this culture of... Uh, arranged marriages, for instance, and it it shows like these are real people who laugh and eat dinner together, and they're just like your family. They may not be like just like your family in every way, but but you can see at least for me, right? My my parents are immigrants. Going back to my grandparents, all immigrants, and so so we didn't come from Pakistan, but uh, they came from Italy. But uh, I saw my family in Kumail's family and some of their traditions that are old fashioned and that I don't agree with and that I don't upkeep, but have some respect for and, and you know, that kind of thing. Not to the same extent, but I, I, I saw a familiarity in Kumail's family there and it challenged it did challenge my perceptions a bit. Not the same way Get Out did, not the, way, the same way where it made me look inward and and see like my own faults and things. But it did make me think differently about a culture that I'm less familiar with and say like, oh, that's more like. We're more alike than I realized. Sure. But I guess I guess there are a lot of films that are say like The Big Sick that could also could also do that, you yeah. know, in a lot of ways. So uh I 
as much as I as much as I did like that film, it doesn't sit in the same it doesn't sit in the same plane of existence. And I think that a film like you, you're very connected to Kumail and his wife and to that story, you know, but a film has to stand on its own. Agreed. Without all of those things. Get out was far more unique in that regard. You know, the story that it tells and the way it tells it and the devices it uses are way more unique than, than the big sick, which is if you boil it down is a rom-com, which we've all seen plenty of rom-coms and we've seen other stories about immigrants and things like that so so i I, on its own merits it's less unique less original than get out so get out does deserve it i'm just saying that i was a little sad as a fan of kumail and emily i was a little sad to see them lose you know in the category that they had the best shot at winning in Um, sure but jordan peele 100 deserved this i believe it was also the only thing it was nominated for well, it was it, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to belabor this, but I did not like Big Sick. Um, it just it, there was there was a few misfires for me, and then what I what made me really dislike it was he seemed to have thrown temper tantrum is not the right word, but when he didn't get nominated for the Golden Globe. He kind of went on like a day long thing about, you know, how this movie got overlooked. And that really kind of turned it off on for me. Frank, you want to speak to that since you know about the behind the scenes? <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I don't remember those 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 tweets. I think it was. <sighs> yeah, I don't I don't remember the details of that of that, uh, you know, tweet uh, tweet storm or whatever. Um so I I can't I can't speak to it. Okay, well let's we're just gonna move on because yeah. um, we still have some films to go through. Um, Phantom Thread. Um, we I actually really liked it. I'm not a huge Paul Thomas Anderson uh, guy, like, but I was really captivated by Phantom Thread quite a bit. I think as much as I think say Beauty and the Beast even also deserved say a costume win or. Or Shape of Water for for the Amphibian Man suit and all that. The the clothes in that film were unbelievable, and I I really enjoyed it. Paul Thomas Anderson's films recently, particularly this one, they're like they they're a lot of build up to almost nothing, uh, and then it kind of takes a little bit of a veer off road. Mm-hmm. Um, and going in and kind of expecting that to happen, you could really enjoy that experience. Um, I don't think that. Um, oh my goodness! What's his name? The greatest actor of all time, Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Daniel Day Lewis. I don't think he deserved to win. Uh, for he was very good in this film, but I don't think he deserved. But I don't think this was his. I don't think this was his greatest. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm glad it wasn't. The film wasn't tipped to in his favor. The awards weren't tipped to his favor. Yeah, just because this is supposedly his last film. I mean, he's won before, so right that helped. Um. I I actually really, 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 really despise this movie. Hmm. And I'm not typically a Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Um, I think Daniel Day-Lewis just playing Ray Fiennes wasn't enough for me. And it's lacking. Like, as much as I... As much as I've disliked some Paul Thomas Anderson films before, it's you've lacking. Also, like you've a also liked some scene. Paul Thomas Anderson. films. I have. I've because uh, we, we were looking at his filmography and like Boogie Nights. I like The Master. I like. Um, 
There Will Be Blood. I like Daniel Day-Lewis's acting in that. I don't like him in this, and I really dislike... Well, he's not really a likable person. No, but I mean, like, even the characters he plays, like, you're not supposed mm. to like him in There Will Be Blood. That's true. I like his but acting. he's very in charismatic in that film. This is, Was like, I supposed to this... like him in Lincoln? Because I didn't. Yes. Oh! 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 You are not Shade welcome thrown back. at the president. Um, wow, you didn't like him in Lincoln? No, I mean, not that I didn't like the character. I didn't like his acting in Lincoln. Oh, so I didn't, interesting. I didn't buy that 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 president would do those things. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I didn't buy it. <laughs> um, I, so let me get this. So, Frank, did you see this film? I didn't. This one and uh, Darkest Hour, I did not see. You didn't see Darkest Hour? I know. I'm uh, really bummed. I'm really bummed that I didn't see it. All right. Well, spoiler, they win the war. They what? Win. Was the yeah. hour dark? It was. It was actually during the power outage. Oh, yeah. the Dunkirk power <laughs> outage. Got it. Okay, so we can move on from Phantom Thread since Frank hasn't yeah. seen it. And then let's actually move to Dunkirk. Uh, I mean, um, well, I was going to do Dunkirk, then Darkest Hour. But since Frank didn't see Darkest Hour, let's uh, let's do Darkest Hour first. And then we can, then we yeah. can talk, I'll talk about Dunkirk. Darkest Hour was great. It was one of the best films of the year. I'm really glad that Gary Oldman won. Yeah. I do think there is, despite what people say, a little bit of Gary Oldman in that performance. People are like, he's unrecognizable. And I'm like, no, he, that's, yeah, I can see him. I can see his eyes haven't I can, changed. I can hear him. I can hear him a little bit, though, but his, it's kind of like his, um, we've talked about, um, Frost Nixon on this podcast before, and we've talked about um, Franklin Jellis Nixon, yeah. where he's like, he's Nixon, but he's not, quote unquote, being Nixon. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not doing an impersonation of Nixon. He's just embodying the character. And I think that's what Gary Oldman does. He embodies the character. And he does sound like Churchill. If you listen to what Churchill really sounded like, it's not the, like, Brian Cox really gruff. Although I like the Brian Cox version. I like that the bulldog Churchill. It's kind of like the deep, it's like the deep-voiced Abraham Lincoln. Also not true. Um and so he had a high reedy voice. So I like that he, I like that Oldman presented a, in some ways, a historical Churchill as opposed to the caricature of Churchill. And that's where I think his performance really shines through, as does the makeup, which it completely, completely deserved because apparently the amphibian man was a costume. But even <laughs> then, I would still give it to his transformation Dr. because yeah. Oldman is a tiny reedy little thing and he plays. Churchill, go ahead. On the, on the note of the costume versus makeup thing, it just occurred to me. Do you think that maybe the decision was made? I mean, because I think a lot of the way this happens is it's the, the filmmakers nominate, you know, put forth the nomination, right? So, like, maybe they put forth I know where you're going with Shape this, of yeah. Water as a costume because they thought they had a better shot of winning there than as makeup. You know, it could be debatable, that kind of thing. Or, well, or, or possible. Or the, you know, the Academy was like, well, we're going to give this one the makeup and this one the costume because they both deserve to win. So, you know, something like that. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, sort of it makes like, perfect sense. Yeah. And I, I think everybody who saw Darkest Hour went, best makeup. Right. Before right. Uh, before nominations even went out, everyone went, yep, that's it, see, right there. I mean, there was buzz about it before the movie came out. Right. I didn't, From the trailers. I didn't think that. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it But you never think what everybody thinks. So no, no, no. What I'm saying me. is, I'm fine with it winning best makeup. But I didn't think... I walked out of that movie, and I even tweeted on the Academy Rewind Twitter, like, that is the best actor. Like I, I, as soon as I walked out of the movie, I I, I remember out, that. Yeah, I was like, I'm I'm positive. I just saw the best acting, the best actor performance of this year, and I was right. 
he's really good in this movie. And I went into this movie with trepidation. I like Gary Oldman, but I was I was worried because during the trailers, I heard Gary Oldman watching yep. this movie in real time. He kind of dissolves away. Definitely, definitely. You get you get um, you get more used to Churchill as the film goes on, right? And then so by the end of the film, he's just Churchill. He's not Gary Oldman because now, I'm not like watching for Gary Oldman being Churchill anymore. I'm just absorbed in the movie. Exactly. And then the the only thing that really misfired for me on this movie was if you don't know a lot of the of the English politics that this story is mm-hmm. that this story is going over there's some stuff that you're going to miss and there's stuff that went over my head this is always your problem anytime there's a historical film that your number one go to is if you don't know the history you don't always get it it's it's not always that it's when they don't seem when to me they don't kind of fill in why they're like why there's the, opposition the why on this it? side or this side or right. who's this person supposed to be? And right, yeah. Um, I, I don't actually. So I watched The Crown, and I found watching The Crown was very helpful for some things because some of those same people are just you know a bit old, like a decade older, right? In in, in that show, and so watching that and going, oh, that's you're going to be prime minister one day, and oh, this person over here is this person, and blah blah blah, yeah. In this instance, it's it was a small thing. Like I didn't, I didn't dislike the movie because of it. I really like this movie, but I, I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. And it did make me want to go back and find out a little bit more mm-hmm. about the history of this time. Um, but it, it, Joe Wright, who did Atonement, correct? Yep. Um, this this movie looks good. He's he's a really good visual director. His his movies tend to look the correct period for the time frame. And he usually gets really good performances out of his actors. Even, um, even, uh, Lily James, who's in this movie, who I have a blood feud with is, is pretty good in this for no reason. He has a blood feud with her for no reason. Zero reason he has this. It goes back to Downton Abbey. It literally is no reason. He just thought Rose was an annoying character on Downton Abbey, wow. and that was uh, she, it. She she tried to she tried to overshadow Mary, no, who mm. nobody's favorite character is of course Palmer's favorite. She's mine. Yep. Okay. So Naturally. anyway, can I getting, say one thing before we move on from this? You movie? can say a few things if you want. I well, I didn't see the film, so I can't really comment on the performance. I was a little bit disappointed uh, that given Gary Oldman's personal history of domestic abuse that this sorry, year what? of all years yeah you didn't know that i had no idea oh yeah what are you talking about uh his previous wife yep. had accused him of of having beaten her pretty pretty badly i had no idea wow in, that in is front of upsetting. their children in front of Ooh, their children that is upsetting. um very upsetting so i was i was a little upset that Again, I didn't see the the film, so I can't comment on this performance. Maybe it was the most deserving performance. I'm sure it was. Everyone seems to think it was. I'm sure it was. I do not take away his acting talent. But I was disappointed that we're sort of still rewarding bad behavior when we're talking about Harvey Weinstein on the one hand and how horrible, you know, and how, how glad we are that he got kicked out of the Academy. And at the same time, Kobe Bryant and and Gary Oldman won Oscars at the same at the same Oscars where we're talking about about uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein and how great it is that that we're having this moment. It was a little disappointing to me. Not to say they didn't. Maybe that their work wasn't 
award-winning, award-deserving work, but it still seems like, would you give an Oscar to Harvey Weinstein at this point? No, I don't think we would, or Kevin Spacey no. for that matter. Right. Um, so I was disappointed on that note. Now, here's an issue. So why was that not, why was that not in the conversation at all? It, it has been. It, You've missed it. It, it, well, it has been because it, 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 it has it been. cropped up right after the Golden Globes. This uh-huh. is also a story that's years old, quite a few, quite a quite few, few years, years old. old. Yeah. So there's the whole time is is, the, is this is a case? Of, is this a case of Hollywood forgiving Gary yes. Oldman? Well, and, I mean, I, I don't think yes it's like a no. Mel Gibson thing where like he was ostracized and then and then allowed back in. I yeah, think it's more of a really, thing of no, he wasn't really ever ostracized. I think it's kind of a, th- a thing of like we didn't have these issues on our radar at the time so it was really sure. like, huh, that's weird anyway like it, moving on it came out and it was a thing so like yeah while i while i agree i wouldn't give an academy award to harvey weinstein at this point i think the from i really hate to say this the the biggest the biggest reasoning for me is this was never kept a secret hmm. like everything else was like if he did those things Something should have happened to him, but it was out there. Like it was a known story. It wasn't like a yeah. hushed secret. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't. But I agree. I I I understand your point, and I, I agree with you. Can we at the very? I, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have voted for him were I in the academy. And at the very least, I think we can all agree it feels icky that at this yes. time, at this moment, it, we're still giving really, these awards. It to, really to does. Who've done horrible things? Um. Yeah. No. I I I definitely agree with you. It is the it is the best performance, maybe not the most that, that deserving. I'm person. not going to argue with again. I didn't yeah. see it, and even if I had seen it, I'm sure I would. Yeah. I'm sure I would agree with you right. if I'd seen it. I, I think this is a whole different conversation. It is. I just thought that was person. worth mentioning. Yeah. I didn't want to. Yeah. We don't. I'm glad you mentioned it because I had no idea. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm sure uh, other people didn't either. What? So wrapping up the top pictures, the best pictures. Let's talk about Dunkirk, um, Christopher Nolan. Uh, I. I don't think it's his best, and I'm glad that it didn't win because it won. Even best, it won best editing, sound mix, and sound mixing and sound editing. Also, I don't think it deserved those either. I think not even sound mixing and sound editing. No, I I I think they were good. I think actually, I think the film was really good. Yeah, I just don't think it's his. I don't think it's his best or his team's best work. So let me ask you this then, because I'm very I find that interesting. uh, So what? Of the sound mixing editing, they basically I think the same films were edited were were nominated for um, both of those categories. You had Star Wars Tim, and Last Jedi. I, ha- Tim, I have it last yeah. I have it here. Tim I picked know. Last Jedi for one of them. Okay. And then the other one he actually picked Dunkirk. Um I think sometimes I picked ones that I thought deserved it, and other times I thought what the Academy would vote for <laughs> oh, I wasn't I consistent yeah. in my choices. Um I I picked editing for Star Wars because generally I'll always give I'll always give a I'll always give a movie that um uh, well, how do I say like creates new sounds oh, that yes. to me deserves a bigger editing award than this is a cannon blast. This is a yeah, ship yeah, going yeah. across the water. You know, like we know what those sounds are, but a science fiction movie, a fantasy movie, even to an extent, like you're creating something new, something mm-hmm. that's never been heard by human ears before. And that is that I think is more of a challenge. 
And so I'll always tend to give, I'll tend to give editing that way. Now, sound mixing, putting all those things together, I think that Dunkirk did it really, I think, so I guess maybe Dunkirk did do it really well. I think yeah. I chose Baby Driver for one of them, didn't I? No, oh, you, no, I chose Baby Driver, Baby for, Driver editing. for editing, which I did as well. Oh, which, okay. If you're going to give Baby Driver a, a, an award, it's definitely edited. It's that yeah. one. No, oh, um, yeah. yeah. Dun- Dunkirk for me, the sound the sound categories, I did pick it um, because I felt this was a very technical movie. And Extremely. As far as, you know, I didn't, you're right, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. It was a good movie. The one award that I think this movie should have won, hands down, and I'm ready for you both to disagree with me, is cinematography. This movie looks gorgeous in the way it's framed. It's a beautiful movie. It's yes. it's it's a beautifully shot movie. I, I won't. I, I wouldn't. I think in another again in another year. I think this could have very easily won in that category. I think yeah. every move every movie that wins best cinematography is a beautifully shot film. And out of out of the nominees and the winner, I just don't think that this one. I just don't think that it it holds up. Like say, but I like Shape of Water is a beautifully shot film, and I didn't think it deserved cinematography for that. Um, yeah, I think darkest I, Darkest Hour is beautiful. I don't think it deserved it for that. And it was Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which, which Roger Roger Deakins deserves an award. Like that man is a genius. And twenty forty nine, even if it wasn't the best film of twenty seventeen, it was the best looking film yeah. of twenty seventeen. I don't think like, so. I know, but you didn't. Mm, this is where I'm gonna like. I you know I don't like the original Blade Runner. Like this nobody is does. Well documented. <laughs> I I think it's I think it's, it's a big big old bore. Right. Um. I love. I'm you though that that, that director's cut and, uh, though is really good, Tim. That extended no, it's director's really not. cut. I've watched it. No, I've watched it. No, and the extended director's cut and the director's cut are two different cuts, Frank. And the final okay. cut. And the the extra final, final cut. That's cut. the one. The yeah. final yeah. cut. Yeah, that's the one I watched. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. I, no, it's not. I, okay. It's really boring. That's not what we're here for. I, it's, still, it's still boring. I just think it's better. I think it's 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 generally recognized. The final cut is recognized as being better because it doesn't have the narration and all that kind of stuff, but whatever. Nope, still, nope, don't care. Um, okay. But uh, the... Um, but I've never seen the original cut. I've only seen the extended yeah. director's cut, whatever. So maybe I would like it with the narration more. But it is it is the best looking film, and sure. Dunkirk is good because all of Christopher Nolan's films look good. Is this a Wally Fister movie? Do we know Dunkirk? I don't know. Uh, uh, no, Hoyt, Hoyt Van Hoytema. I don't uh, think so. Um, Hoyt Van Hoytema. It was it was a it was a good looking movie. Of course it was. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. They're all good looking. But it wasn't Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. I mean, essentially, at this point, Christopher Nolan is just Martin Scorsese now. He's just going to keep making <laughs> excellent films. He's just going to get, keep getting get nominated. And then eventually, yeah, eventually, they're just going to be like, here you go. You made The Departed 2. Yeah, good job. <laughs> it's Wait, true. Has he never, has Nolan never won? No. No. Not that uh, I can remember. Okay, so he really will be Scorsese he's, then. <laughs> he's essentially been nominated every movie he's made since The Dark Knight. Okay. They're like, oh, yeah, we screwed up there. Yeah. You get nominated. Yeah. But I, like, see, like, to me, though, even, like, Interstellar is a better looking movie than Darkest Hour is. I mean, um, also, well, actually, Darkest Hour, but, but Dunkirk. Um, oh, right, Inception. Right. Inception, I forgot about yeah. that, too. Yeah, I think Interstellar is his best film. 
Maybe but it's also it's tough because you want to compare. You want to the natural inclination is to compare against that act that person's body of work. But you also have to compare it not just against is this his best work ever, but is this the best work out of the uh, out of all the films yeah. nominated? And and when you look at it that way, I think Blade Runner is superior. Yeah, there's um, yeah, I mean. It, I don't know. There's just something about Blade Runner. And I think a lot of it is like all the scenes that I keep seeing that talk about how good the cinematography is just all are filled with all CGI. And I'm not saying that's the entire movie, but I'm saying like every time someone tries to point to a scene, like one of the scenes is like where he's standing in front of that giant uh, holographic. Yeah. Holographic woman. That's CGI. Like to me, that's not. Yeah, but look at that's but not take that having out. the eye. Take yeah, that out and and look at look at Ryan. Look at the f- right, look at Ryan Gosling. You have to look at, like he's not CGI. The bridge he's standing on isn't CGI. The, yeah. the hologram is. But you know what? That's like that'd be like saying like, oh, see this shot of the ocean. It's just a shot of the ocean. But in Dunkirk, they added in all these ships. You know, like so. It's that it, that doesn't hold any weight because. Yeah. That's it's what the it's the mise en scène. It's what the the camera captures. Yeah. So whether it's put it in the computer later or not, it is what the camera has captured. Okay. Yeah. And quite um, frankly, I think th- there's probably lots of films where we don't know what's CG and what's not. Like because things like the ships like look like they could be practical, they could be models or whatever. But they're probably we think we know they're probably CG. Yeah. There's a lot of most films... of them in Dunkirk are actually practical. That's yeah. Really? Like, that was like that. Dunkirk. Like those water scenes looked so good. I don't know. Well, most I of just, the time because it was water. Yeah. I like, just. I just. I don't love this movie. I love the look of this movie. Yeah, hmm. that's, that's, that's interesting. That's I think that this movie, despite all of its different components, lacked a, a heart. You know, that's always yes. like Christopher Nolan's like that. Yeah. People always say that. And I don't think it's true. I think Interstellar has tons of heart. And I think uh, the prestige has prestige. an incredible amount of human like emotion and in. Um, yeah. I'm so but, glad you said that because I was gonna I was gonna bring that up as an example. Absolutely, right. And so, but I just don't think that Dunkirk does. I think it's yeah. a incredible achievement of filmmaking. Yes. You know, considering that most of it's real and we don't really get that anymore. Right. Which is why I was happy. Like any technical awards, it won. Sure, but it doesn't sound. Yeah. Even then, I still don't think. But it's fine. That's, yeah, it's that's fine. fine. Um. So before we. Oh, I'm not done yet. We, what about all the other? What about all the other things? The other, other categories? categories. I, I, yeah, I, I saw most of these things. I didn't see the documentaries because they're really hard. I know to you find. didn't. They're really hard you to didn't find. Choose any? Um, did you see them? No, I just went with the best sounding ones. Okay, and both times I was right. That doesn't count. <laughs> both times I was right. That's that horrible. <laughs> that's that doesn't count. That's why I didn't choose them. No, it doesn't matter. No, you both get times to, you I was can't right. Take those out you know, you can't tally. get credit for those though. You can't you count can't, those yeah. against your total. You I cannot get them. credit for those. You cannot. Nope. No, you cannot. You threw it. You, you threw can't darts sit, against the board. You can't sit there and hear a movie title of "Heaven Is a Traffic Jam" on the four hundred five and not think. That is the Oscar win. I don't care. I could I, I could have guessed Gary Oldman was going to win for The Darkest Hour, but I didn't like predict it because I would I don't deserve credit for that. I didn't nope. see it. Deduct from that score. Don't care. No, um, take those out. I, I still win by double. Let me, let me, let me keep going. This is a long <laughs> you, may, you may still win. So fine. So take him out. You still win. Original song, Remember Me from Coco. How do, I don't think that performance was very good. I know how Palmer feels about this. We're going to let Frank talk 
Didn't see Coco. First. Didn't see, uh, I don't think I saw any of the animated. No, I didn't. I didn't see Coco, didn't see Boss Baby, didn't see Breadwinner, didn't see Ferdinand, didn't see Living Vincent. So. Breadwinner was excellent. I highly recommend. And I've been, Ferdinand and was I, awesome. I can't wait to see Loving Vincent because every frame of that film was is a hand-painted post-impressionist Ooh. painting. Every single frame. Oh, see, so you oh, picked that's Loving a Van Gogh Vincent one, isn't for, it? Best, for best uh, animated movie, and you haven't seen that? Yeah, it didn't win either, no. so what does it matter? Um, I think Boss Baby was robbed on best animated. That's but dumb. The, Shut up. The question was best song. Yes. So it should have been, it should have been This Is Me. There's, I will go to my grave saying I, it should have been This Is Me. Having not seen Coco, so I can't give you the context of the song. I'm just doing it like as these songs stand on their own, because mm-hmm. that's really should be the original song. I It was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do agree that This Is Me, I think, has like, th- This Is Me was in the Olympics. Like, yeah. it was in the last day of the Olympics. And, and easily the best moment of the Oscars was Kayla, is that? Is that how you pronounce her first name? Sure. I have no idea. Kayla Settle? Sure. The singer? I have no idea. All right. Good job. Okay. Uh, You're the one that's in love with K-E-A-L-A. the movie. K-E-A-L-A. K-E-A-L-A. Kayla. Yeah. Kayla. So Kayla Settle, her performance of This Is Me was one of, is the best moment of the Oscars last night and probably one of the best moments in the past few Oscars. Um, her almost breaking down crying towards the end. It was very emotional, but all that aside, it should have, like, when I think of an Academy Award song, I think of this, and I think of My Heart Will Go On. Mm. I, th- I think of and, songs that have made it into the cultural zeitgeist, and, and I think the song Disney. has, and none of those other ones have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep, I'm going to keep going. Keep rolling, um, yeah. Animated film, we kind of already talked about, just as a side note, before we started this episode, my sister texted me asking if I had seen Coco yet, and as I was typing out the message, how much did you cry, without even saying whether I had seen it or not, she responds with, "This I haven't bawled that much in a movie ever. <laughs> so, cause classic Disney. So, of course, I, I'm going to have to say it now, because I love a good cry, um, especially during a children's movie, because those are the ones that I cry at the most, I think. This is true. I cried during Paddington, too. Just putting it out there. Yeah, it was a did. great movie. Um, Blade Runner 2049 won cinematography, which I already talked about. It also won best visual effects. Uh, I I don't agree with what this. What else was nominated for visual effects? Uh, better visual effects, I, I would think. imagine so. Uh, Guardians Last of the Jedi, Galaxy, Les- Kongskull Island, War for the Planet of the Apes, Star Wars. Oh, War for Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes should have won. One day, the Academy I, is going to recognize... Uh, motion capture. Motion capture. And that'll be the day they give Andy Serkis like life five lifetime award. achievement yeah. awards. I it bothered War for the Planet of the Apes was from start to finish one of the best films of 2017. And oh, it was. And that's not as a, just as a, and I'm saying like looking at this list of 2018 films, War for the Planet of the Apes was just as stirring and moving and thought provoking as any of those films. Uh, if if I have to settle for special effects because that's the way the Academy works, fine. Did it get that? They didn't even get that. No. It's fine. This yeah. was Sean this was Young, my sticking though. point. Sean Young in Blade Runner 2049. Like, she didn't look that good. I thought she looked... Re- that was the most convincing one of those that I've that I've seen that was more convincing nope. than Tarkin or Leia in Rogue One. I thought that was the most convincing one. Nah. I, I'm not with you. And okay. where's these other... Like, Star Wars, Star Wars was good. Kong yeah. Skull Island was good. Guardians yeah. was all good, eh. like, but but war for the play, like it was, 
it was transcendent and yeah. and I don't think that see but the thing is that I don't know in Blade Runner 20, 2049 what was real and what wasn't that's how I you guess, know it was good yeah it, that's but how I, you know like, it was good Tim stop making Frank's argument Tim okay but but to the to that point in its own in its own way was it just the scene like at, I'm watching characters on screen yeah i'm watching my main characters are motion capture so, and so that it just it feels different than like it feels different than ryan right. gosling so you know it's what it different. is so you know what it is i'm gonna help you out here tim i'm gonna Thank do something you. i very rarely do help while out. <laughs> while i can't tell you what's real and what's not in blade runner 2049 i could tell you that even though i know those apes are not real they feel and seem real in that movie, and mm-hmm. that's why it should have won best. Yeah. best effect. I would agree. I I agree with that. But okay, unfortunately, nobody else sees it that way. Well, I'm so I'm sure fine. somebody voted for it in the academy. I'm sure somebody did, and I'm sure it was close. But uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to I'm going to move on. Uh, we have here best animated short, the Kobe Bryant film one. I've seen all the Oscar shorts. That's not the movie that should have won. Like it's just not. No, was that's it was fine. Um, I had a really, I liked Garden Party the most, though I don't. Which is just a bunch of amphibians and whatever. I was hanging out at a house, and it was really it's just fun. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It's just, uh, it's not even. It's not even that. Um, I think revolting rhymes was a really well-made film. It's an adaptation of, oh my God, who wrote James and the Giant Peach? And, Roald Dahl. Which is Roald Dahl. It's, a, it's an adaptation of a Roald Dahl. It was really well-made. It's good fun. And I think it's just a, it was a better film than, Dear, Dear Basketball just wasn't anything, it, I don't think it was anything, like it, it was inspirational, I guess, but that's kind of it. But so was Lou. Yeah, to me, Dear Basketball winning felt like, it doesn't happen as much at the Oscars as it does in other award shows, as much as it was, we want to give you this award because we don't have the opportunity to. We want you, Kobe Bryant, to be able to give you this award. Yeah, and I just, I didn't like it. It wasn't, I wasn't there for it. Negative Space was really good, I recommend. Best Live Action Short was The Silent Child, a film that I also really liked. Did you see the shorts, or am I talking nope. to myself here? You're talking to yourself. Um, the Silent Child was excellent. I don't think it deserved best. Um, the actually, they were all good. Uh, Dakov Elementary was excellent. Um, my nephew Emmett was really good, but Watu Wot All of Us was really good. It's the true story of the Muslims and Christians on a bus in Africa that are attacked by terrorists. It was incredibly stirring, thought provoking, made you think about everything that you should be thinking about, and in some ways, so was Silent Child. But I just. It was good, but it wasn't the best. Okay. Um, but that's 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 my own take. And then having uh, documentary short, having this traffic jam on the four hundred five, which I did not see. Thus, actually wrapping up the Oscars. Good job, twenty eighteen. Um, so, it, so you obviously think Shape of Water. I think Shape of Water deserved Best Picture. Yep. Was Frank? it still your favorite film, Tim? I, I remember on an earlier Academy Rewind episode, you'd said it was your favorite film of 2017. Is that still true? Oh, um, it might be. Yeah, it still might be my favorite. I mean, have you seen anything else from 2017 yet? I mean, from from 20, 2017. 
Yeah, I saw a lot of things from 2017. After we recorded that episode, because we recorded that episode last month. Oh, maybe, though I'm not sure. Yeah. All right, Frank, uh, out of the out of the nine nominees, what do you think should have won Best Picture? I I would have given it to Three Billboards, actually. Mm-hmm. Um I I that I really really liked Three Billboards. It spoke to me more than Shape of Water did. I thought Shape of Water was a beautiful film. I think Guillermo del Toro is like a you know very much a visionary director and a great storyteller. But um, uh, Three Billboards was I thought more poignant and and uh, a bit more timely. Uh, the Shape of Water, while a beautiful story of sort of you know people who are who are outcast uh, uh getting getting what they deserve and and you know o- overcoming those differences that society puts them aside i thought three billboards for me was a little more poignant okay mm. um i can i can definitely see that when when we saw three billboards i walked out really loving this movie i've since cooled on it a bit the second time around i don't think it was as as well done as I thought it was, but I thought the acting in it was top notch. Mm. And I think that's what really carries that movie. For me though, the best picture is get out. Mm. Oh, nice. Um, just for so many reasons. One, a, you know, a a filmmaker at his first real attempt at a, at a dramatic subject doing that much. The fact that you can go back and rewatch it and still pick up more stuff and the fact that this is the same guy that gave us Keanu. Oh, so <laughs> true. Actually, and the fact that like he stepped that. up his game so much after that catastrophe. Catastrophe? Did you yep. do that on purpose? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, one interesting fact, though. So, Call Me By Your Name stars Timothy Chalamet. 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 Who's also Chalamet. in Lady Bird with Lucas Hedge, who is mm-hmm. also in Three Billboards with... The brother from Get Out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which has Bradley Whiteford, Whitford, Whitford, who's also in The Post. Huh. Yeah, he is. Wow. wow, wow, what a six degrees of the twenty eighteen Oscars. What, a, right what there. an incestuous yeah. Oscar pool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if you can actually link them all, but those are the ones I've gotten so far. That's pretty wow. good, Palmer. That's pretty solid. That's, that's really this solid. This is what happens when you rewatch nine movies in a week. <laughs> no kidding. You re- uh, so did you watch? So you, have you seen them all twice? Yes. Uh, uh, it, I'm sorry. I've seen most of them all twice, except Call Me by Your Name and Phantom Thread, because I was asleep throughout the entire movie the first time. <laughs> Still, that's impressive. He wasn't yeah. asleep the whole time. He put earbuds in and refused to watch the movie while we were in theaters. Right. Because Wait, you went to a theater and paid for a ticket and yeah. sat there with earbuds. To be, yeah. fair, to be fair, fair, I, I only paid, for, paid for half of Tim's dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you even yeah. go? Because it's movie Thursday. All right. We'll talk about this offline. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that wraps it up for us. Um, you can find us on AcademyRewind.com and on Twitter and Gmail. You can also check out all of our Thought Bubble Audio shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. You can check Frank and I out on Beer with Geeks and Supergirl TV Talk. You can check me out on Tolkien TV Talk. You can check Frank out at Starkville's House of El Krypton. You can also look at 
uh, hate watch with us. Did I leave any out or that was everything? That was everything. I did it. I think it's There's so many now. now. I can't list them anymore. We got six shows on the network. It was crazy. We're so, we're like professional and we're stuff. We're like the CW. Yeah. Six <laughs> shows. Like <laughs> and they're all about superheroes. <laughs> Almost all of them. All right. Well, that's, that's it for, for us then. And so it looks like they're playing us off. No, I have so many more people to thank. But until next time. Cheers. cheers.